Welcome to the Personal Jukebox Podcast. My name is Simon, and today I'm joined by a special guest looking at the Killers album Hot Fours. How you doing, Mr. Boyd? How you do, Mr. H? <laughs> yeah. Live from Studio One, here we are. Oh, yes. It's good to be back <laughs> yes. on the PJP. PJP, yeah. Had to work out the acronym. <laughs> We're doing this all on the fly. Looking forward to today. Definitely, definitely. It's been a long while. It has, and we're straying from uh, straying from the well-beaten track today, aren't we? We're doing well, something, yeah, yeah, a little bit different for us. Yeah, well, it's something that I, an album I wanted to hit from when I was putting together the idea of doing the show, kind of thing. Um, that was like kind of in my top. I don't know, like the first ten albums I wanted to hit in its original incarnation of. But yeah, oh, actually, that's completely changing the subject. There's a couple more that I meant to say to you about before this. I'll throw at you for next time. Okay. But um, you might be into those as okay. well. well. We'll we'll discuss that later. Off, yeah. Because this one was your baby, wasn't it? This one. Yeah. Was... This is one that I put to you. Yeah, yeah. I was saying. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because for the first time, I have no idea where you're coming from on this one. So okay. Yeah. I've just. Uh, Bit, bit of a spoiler alert, or a bit of a background for me, really. Mm-hmm. Um, this came out at a time where I was absolutely immersed elsewhere. So yeah. as a as an overall act, uh-huh. the genesis of The Killers really pretty much passed me by. I knew the main, mainstream stuff. Yeah. Um, there were connotations to that that kind of uh, kind of turned me off, which uh, which I'm sure we can go into in a minute or so. Well, this was out in like 2004, so what were you... What were you listening to at the time? Yeah, I'd kind of, you know, you have that phase, or most people have that phase where, I don't know, late 30s, 40s, mm-hmm. they kind of shut themselves off from anything new and it was kind of yeah, their youth. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had that phase probably 20 <laughs> years early and went back. So it yeah. was still grunge up to anything up to late 90s for me at that yeah. point, really. So uh, there, were, there were connotations around as well, really. Obviously, first I heard. What somebody told me because that was yeah. absolutely was that the everywhere. first thing you heard by him, yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely everywhere. And part of the thing that kind of put me off was um, someone who I was kind of knocking about with mm-hmm. around that time who was really, really massively into it and was all like tune, tune. And mm. his cultural palette was something I completely wanted to distance myself from. <laughs> he was just one of those kind of guys that had terrible taste in absolutely everything. So, But I'm very much... I've evolved and matured, as we all have. Yeah. You know, we're different people to who we were 20 years ago. Oh, and it. I'm always up for giving everything a reappraisal. Yeah. And I'd always painted my picture of this band based on the singles and, and the early singles. Mm-hmm. And then if we take it back to, like, the 90s, just to case in point... Yeah, yeah. If you're basing an album or a body of work on the singles, two stark examples, um, 
Alanis got massive off Jagged Little Pill. Yeah. And once you get past the singles on that album, uh-huh. you really get to the best stuff. You, you know, it's, I heard somebody cover that on a on another podcast okay. like quite recently. Um, and I think that's probably the first time I'd listened to the whole of that album, probably more than once back in the day when it yeah. kind of first came out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the obscure stuff uh, are the stand, is the standout stuff on that mm-hmm. album for me. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of that coin, another, uh, and again, a female-fronted band who um, got massive off the back of one album uh, in the late 90s, um, No Doubt's Tragic Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. And you play that album at any point, I felt the same way at the time, mm-hmm. but the two lead singles off that are the best two tracks by an absolute country mile. Yeah. And I think... Like even been done by somebody else. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And even as recently as 2004, uh-huh. um, when this album came out, um, you didn't have the tools really to do the deep dive on an artist that you have today. Mm-hmm. Um, your streaming services, your YouTube, you still had that initial outlay, and so you kind of yeah. do. You're kind of making that decision on the on the basis of what you know. So yeah, revisiting it now, and I'll be interested to know what happened. What happens? I threw this album. I've listened to it before. Yeah, reminds me of the Lake District. Yeah, the reason yeah. it does is because um, when we had the iPods, how big were the iPods? The original one. Yeah, about 160 gig. I think they? the first one I had was like the one that was like a bit slimmer than that with the round bit on the bottom. But okay. it was quite slim. Yeah. I never bought one. I Lindsay's brother gave me one. Yeah. 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 Well, well, you, you say d- talking about the partners. The wife had the album. So yeah. back then you had that much gig on it you just threw everything on there so she had that on there she put it on going up to the lake district no desire to ever listen to it again no Uh real great memories of it um she went to see them one night i went to see a johnny cash tribute with my dad that same night and i've never regretted that from Uh that day till the day (laughs) that you suggested this just to stay spoiler free but i suppose just to give everyone an idea kind of where i'm coming from yeah yeah i don't I've never understood, it's never sat with me, how they've parlayed what I'd heard prior into perpetual headliner of a festival status in this country. I just don't get that at all. Uh, Literally, at one point, it was like dial a headliner, oh, yeah. the killers kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 completely agree. Well, they were. They did their last glass, though, didn't they? And mm-hmm. that, I'm not sure if they released anything in proximity to that, but... Yeah, I mean, w- one way of looking at that, I think they've like maintained a certain level. Like, you know, uh, on one of the episodes, I don't know if it was with you, we were thinking about bands that could still be headliners. I think we touched upon yeah. it at one point. Yeah, and I think like the Killers have sort of managed to do that somehow. Yeah, and I don't get and that And people buy their albums. One of the things that I clocked looking at this, um, they put out uh, an, al- an album like recently, didn't they? Yeah. Imploding the Mirage, is it? I haven't heard it. No. Um, yeah, they put out this album, and like, I mean, how record sales are completely different now to how they used to be. But that went straight in at number one on first week, and it outsold everything else that was in the top 20 yeah. to get that number one. Yeah. So there's obviously still a, a fan base there. Yeah. But, Matt, I'll be completely honest, this album, the next one, they did a collection of rarities. After that, finished you with dropped them. out. Yeah. yeah. See, I'm... Not really okay. I struggle to get my head around how they managed to continue that on from this initial groundswell. Uh Even the initial groundswell, how that became headliner status. What I kind of struggle with is, um, in America, I kind of get it because 
America, they'd come from, you had uh, very predominantly R&B, your likes of Usher was massive at Especially the time. Especially at this kind of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Early 2000s. Yeah, new metal had just dropped off. Yeah. With this country, other than people say five years younger than us and younger, uh-huh. I kind of get that as a jumping on point to non-heavy guitar-based rock. Yeah. And the reason I kind of get that is... Um, Here's, I'll give you an example. Uh-huh. I was driving to work once, and I try and fill holes in my repertoire as or, or my knowledge, as I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, as I know you do, because we've talked about it. But uh, one great big blind spot I had was the Grateful Dead. Yeah. yeah. Absolute shock. When I went to America, that they literally had their own radio station. Oh, yeah. Absolutely yeah, massive. Always it. been a blind spot. Well, Yeah, yeah I, I could th- not tell you a tune. Yeah, I threw American Beauty on mm-hmm. one morning on the commute, because uh, blind spot, mm-hmm. let's go with that. And it was fine. I liked elements of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably kind of liked a lot of it, but I went away with because this was my jumping on point for them, and it's come so much later than other things, and I'm probably generalising by era and location mm-hmm. here, but that didn't do anything for me that Neil Young or Credence Clearwater Revival don't do better. Yes, so I've left yes. it alone and had no desire to go back. So anyone sort of five years younger than us yeah that's what's, when, a, what's a grateful dead you know like if you had, if they did an essentials playlist i'm struggling like see i don't know i've no. listened to that one album yeah yeah. but yeah. they are massive and they've got such yeah. a big following and if i'd have kind of been there at the time yeah and they'd yeah. have been my first exposure to that genre i'd have kind of got it yeah so teen so kind of mid-teens in 2004 i get it but anyone our age, five years younger. You've come from Britpop. Um, you had the Strokes about at the time, so I just I don't understand that at all. We're I kicking think, into some Grateful Dead here. Yeah, just sticking yeah. that a bit underneath. I think, yeah. um, like obviously, you had uh, like the Garage Rock. I think yeah. like it was coined explosion yeah. of like the Strokes, your White Stripes, yeah, um, everything along them, which I think the Killers kind of were, were pushed into. But yeah. they had a more, I don't know, might be a, a bit more electronica kind yeah. of thing going on. They're quite 80s British influenced, aren't they? They're very, super, yeah. super yeah. British, in, especially this album. Yeah, very Duran uh, <clears throat> Duran, yeah. New Order. Yeah, everything um, after this sounds like very Springsteen yeah. kind of um, influenced. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, this one, definitely. I mean, they were bigger in the UK first, weren't they? Like yeah. the Strokes. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, yeah. yeah, And I kind of get the Strokes being there more than the killers were mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kind of thought maybe it was something to do with us adopting kind of what's big in America over here but yeah. then I thought that doesn't really wash because I think the best example I can think of is someone like the Dave Matthews band they are absolutely massive in America <laughs> yeah. to the point where they're definitely arena headliners if not stadium headliners I'm pretty sure I saw they've got a, a, their own radio channel as well Yeah, but if they were to do if they were to tour yeah. labour clubs over here I'm not 100% convinced they'd sell out. Oh, man, no, not at all. So we don't really take that from America. So all that combined, the picture I've had of the killers in my mind with them being the perpetual headliners of your V festivals, what the likes of Reddings become, is you know you've got these people who say, oh, I'm into all kinds of music, Mm -hmm. and they'll reel off. What five artists too? There's not much to pick between them. Yeah, yeah, there might be one outlier of all that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean... I kind of, in my mind's eye, they've been the band who that type of music fan would put as their 
alternative Rocky band of choice for those who, for whom the Foo Fighters are a bit too hardcore and a bit too out there. So, so that is the opinion I've gone into this being willing to change because yeah. it's based on not a lot. And that's my disclaimer ahead I, of time. I agree with you there. And I think especially saying, likening, putting them akin to the Foo Fighters. Yeah. That's what they are. You're kind of um, Virgin Radio listening. Yeah. Oh, and only recently, oh, I did an episode with some with uh, Ning, and he said that he still like, listened to Chris Moyles and stuff in the yeah. morning. And I was like, right, I'll give him a go. Okay. And listening to Radio X, man, it just, I can't do it. I like half the stuff on there, don't get me wrong, but... There's a lot of bad stuff on there, which yeah. I never liked. I don't know when. I suppose it's all around this kind of era, really. It's everything from like late 90s up to mid 2000s. And I can't be taking Johnny Vaughan on an afternoon. <laughs> Not at all. Good Lord, what a cock. <laughs> <laughs> He's one mile more of a cock now than he used to be. <laughs> yeah. My go to on that score is absolute and kind of jagged little pill, you know. Ironic <laughs> isn't really ironic, and oh, I think Absolute Radio just played you all to know again. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, so get past I, them. It's all good. It's Absolute all good. was it's all always gravy. my thing, especially Absolute Nineties and, and the main channel. But um, I think I've like exhausted the, the, the stuff. Yeah. That's it. The the, the playlist is the world's run dry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. They've ringed every little piece of juice that they can out of them tracks. Yeah. I think with me now. So I'll do it now on the podcast instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, this album, um, The Killers, Hot Fuss, it was released in the UK, uh, well, it charted, sorry, on the 7th of June 2004. Um, it charted on the 19th of June in the US. So as we said, it was, you know, picked up more over here. Uh, the Killers are, and on, the, on this album, uh, Brandon Flowers, on your vocals, on your... I presume he's doing a bit of keyboard work and stuff like that as well. Dave... Is it Dave Keening? Is that how you pronounce it? Dave Keening. Uh, Mark. Mark Stomer. What the hell does that say? Romis Venucci. Is that his name? Oh, no. I've heard of Brandon Flowers <laughs> yeah. before. Have they gone through lineup changes throughout the years? I'm pretty sure they have. I think there's been guys who've dropped out, yeah. On this album, that was like kind of the, uh, the line-up anyway. Uh, What's the bass player's name? Oh, God, which one is he? Is that Mark Stomer? Yeah. Well, sh- shout out to that man if he is, because a um, bit, bit of a spoiler, mm. I, I think he's a standout on this album. The bass drives everything yeah. like yeah. quite a bit, doesn't it? I think it? he's the main man. Okay. It was number one. It got, got, got to number one in the UK. Uh, it was number one for two weeks, but it wasn't number one until seven months after its release. So it obviously picked up momentum on the back of the singles being released and stuff like that. And then, you know, became the hot ticket, I presume, and people picked it up. Maybe a, a particular single. <laughs> yeah, 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 most probably. Um, apparently, they're the most successful act ever from Nevada. Really? Mm, in sales mm. and stuff like that. Uh, and overall, they sold, you know, just shy of 30 million records worldwide. Now, I've been to Nevada, and there's not a lot there past uh-huh. Vegas. Yeah, well, that's kind of what it is, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> it's not just yeah. not the thing. That and desert. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Vegas and desert. Yeah. So yeah, okay. Well, we'll go into this. Obviously, look back at the charts from the from the tie. The the number one single in the UK was a bit shit. Just can't believe it's not. Getting some Fuji's vibe there. Yeah.
So, we've got Mario Winans. Any relation to, like, Damon and <laughs> the filmmaking crew? Did um, the, I'm going to get you, sucker, and... I think <laughs> no, don't be a minister brother. South Central while drinking your juice in the hood <laughs> man I, I really did like that film at great the time. films oh, yeah yeah brilliant hilarious I don't know if it wears I haven't seen it for like probably nearly 15 years so I don't know if it stands up I don't know yeah, yeah possibly I think he was a bit of a P. Diddy guy this guy apparently it's got Enya in it somewhere okay yeah it's got to be a sample yeah yeah I would have thought so obviously the Fuji sample is there yeah but uh do I drop the gag about Enya's last three fixtures? <laughs> what was that? Sail away, sail away, and sail away. Oh dear. <laughs> That's the only one. That well's run dry too. <laughs> we loves a dad joke. Okay, and keeping the standard of not that very good music, the number one album in the UK was this. I fucking hate Keegan. Always did. Yeah. Then this is the kind of song which you know when it comes on the radio, you're like, oh, <laughs> turn it off. Yeah, just, just beige. Oh God. Just beyond beige. I mean, who was into Keegan? Do you know anybody who was ever into Keegan? Racking the. You're bound to know someone. Have you ever met a Keen fan? No. I want to say no. I've got to know one. Yeah. I, wasn't it just like, um, there's no guitars, is there in Keen? It's just all piano and drums. They just passed me by. Oh, God. They massively passed me by. It's, man, Maybe it was something about the era that they, I just wasn't they, paid attention at this time. They were time. big then, though, weren't they? You know what I mean? Well, Radio 1 used to play them, and, like, um, Kerrang! was on around this time, weren't they? Kerrang! would even be playing bloody Keen records. Yeah. I can't, can't fathom that. No, 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 not at all. Oh, what you had? Yeah, so this was number one in the in the album charts. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the the top ten of the album charts was made up with, um, I think, Faithless had got a new album out. Supergrass's ten was in the top ten. I think I had that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Cause, whatever happened to them? They were in the top ten. Yeah, yeah. I remember when Donna Air asked how they first met? <laughs> Classic British television moment. <laughs> um, the Streets, A Grand Don't Come For Free, that was out then. Yeah. You ever listen to The Streets? Uh, I remember the first album being something a bit different for the I time. I never realised he was like from round here. Yeah, he's from Birmingham, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I didn't realise that. I always just presumed he was a cockney, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that was that, that was kind of the vibe. That yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The style gave up very yeah. much uh, post uh, post lock, stock and snatch kind of. Uh, yeah, he was jumping on that train. Yeah, definitely. The rest of the, the top ten was rounded out with Usher, as you said before. Josh Stone, if you remember Josh Stone. Yeah. And and Avril Lavigne's under my skin as well. Oh yeah. Bit of a classic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got, to, got to give it up for Avril. Um, Again, all over Kerrang back in, yeah, back around definitely. that period of time. There was a there was a new release this month as well. You'll like this one, I think. This this was released. Uh, sorry, this week that this album came out. It's got to number twenty one on the album chart. You know the supergroup. Yeah. Yes, of course.
Yeah, Velvet Revolver. Yeah, it's basically G&R fronted by Scott Weiland, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, good um, album. Um, yeah, I can definitely remember Slash being on Fern Cotton on a morning to publicise yeah. it. Yeah. And definitely her playing a track. It was probably this one, really. Uh, and then Radio One never ever played any track oh. off that album ever again. There was a live cover of uh, Bodies by the Pistols on this album. Oh, was I remember right. No, yeah. I can't remember that. Uh, uh, at least recently, this week, uh, I had Amazon sent me an email saying, oh, you can have Audible for three months for 99p. And I really wanted to, to hear a couple of books. You know, I'd never, I haven't done the whole audiobook thing before. And this week, in Thursday and Friday of this week, I listened to the whole of Sebastian Bach's um, autobiography. Okay. Yeah. And uh, he talks, God, loads of Guns N' Roses stuff in there. Loads of, Christ, loads of just stupid, late 80s, early 90s, yeah. hair metal, for want of a different term, yeah. drug stories and stuff like that. Christ almighty. Yeah, man, him and Lars got into some proper scrapes and oh, stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, uh, you don't see them as being cut from the same cloth, really. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. I saw uh, Sebastian once uh, as a solo and supporting, I'll say GNR, it was Axel and some blokes. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they must still be pretty tight to this day. Yeah, it, I think the last the last but one chapter is basically about that time. Yeah. When Axel like, called him and said... Um, I don't know. I think he said he sent him a text message saying, oh, it's been 13 years. Is that long enough yet? And then Sebastian called the number back, not knowing who it was, and it was Axel. So, and then they like, hooked back up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was around the time when um, Back was on VH1 Supergroup reality show. Okay. It was like him and, uh, oh, Christ, Ted Nugent. Um, oh God, not Ian Asprey, somebody else. And they were doing this show and they'd just filmed it. And I think him and Axel went out to eat somewhere and he was like, man, they just paid me like so much for doing this super group. Like, Axel, I bet they'd pay you like a million dollars if you would do it. And he was like, Sebastian, I'll pay them like a million and a half dollars to leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> 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 oh. oh, the hours I've wasted waiting for Axel to come on stage. <laughs> I've seen him twice. Yeah, there's another story in that where he says about, um, it was, did they play it download that year? Was he so, f- oh, did, mm. like that, that Guns N' Roses, they, they play They could have done. Yeah, they I'm pretty done. sure he says like they, they were real late coming on and then when they came on, it was slippy on the stage. So Axel okay. stopped the performance and said, sort out the stage because I'm going to slip over. And his PA was like completely in tears, and Sebastian was care. Yeah, man, it's Guns N' Roses. The fans expect it anyway, man. Yeah. They expect that it's going to yeah. be like this. Yeah, the last <laughs> time I saw them, it was a couple of nights after they um, came on hours and hours late in Dublin, and yeah. then played twice and walked off because they were being bottled. And then they came back on. I think someone talked them into coming back on about half past midnight or something like that. My friend who was there, who lived in Dublin at the time, had left, yeah. and. I just got absolute pelters for days on end. It was like, no, this is, they've screwed the pooch. They've completely fucked it. <laughs> you know, I'll never give them the time of day again. Don't waste your time going to see them. And, and they were moderately prompt. I think they were about 45 minutes late. So Yeah, that's, that's probably that's quite, quite acceptable. Yeah. Apparently the problem is, nowadays for Axel being late, is he does his vocal warm-up, but it's on a tape. So if the place hasn't got a tape player... 
for him to listen to it and do it, then they have to send somebody out to go and find a type player in the local vicinity okay. and bring it back so Axel can do his vocal warm-up. I imagine that's a bit of a challenge in the modern era. Well, yeah, I know. They definitely have one in this house. I know that. <laughs> right, so we're into this. Um, oh, no, actually, we've got a new a new thing here. The, the number one in America, something else shit. I don't understand. Why? Yeah, it's Usher. Yeah, 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 Usher. Load of crap. I didn't um, know you were going to talk about Usher. Yeah, man. And then the number one film in the UK this week was this. Potter's Prisoner of Azkaban. Harry Potter fan? I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen a couple. I've, I've seen them all. The life's a fan. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I do recommend the uh, whether you're a fan or not. I do recommend the studios. Took the wife down there for a birthday. I don't know if I could take it. It was good. Really? It's good for a non-fan. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They do this thing at the start where they um, show a bit of a video, then the staff make you introduce yourself to um, the person next to you <laughs> yeah. and say, "My name is." Dude, Brian. this sounds like team bonding. Yeah, and I love Harry Potter. <laughs> and the lady next to me says, "Oh, my name is." I'm sorry, I don't remember your name. <laughs> I love Harry Potter, and I said, "Yes, yeah, my name." Says. I can take it or leave it. I'm here for the wife. And I, yeah, again, I've got pelters. I get a lot of pelters um, for various things. But yeah, went in, loved it. I'd go yeah. again. Oh, really? Yeah. I can imagine it's pricey because it's down south oh, as well. Oh, my God, yes. Yes. If you go, are your kids into it? No. Yeah, I've kind of kept away from it like Lego. I never let my kids go into Lego because yeah. it's expensive. If you go into the gift shop. Yeah. Honestly, prices start at 25 quid for everything. Good Lord. Yeah. It's proper like US um, theme park kind of prices. Yeah. I mean, I'm big into scarves. Um, when I go into Europe, <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. get a football scarf yeah. from wherever I am. Football so I've scarves, got, yeah, yeah, I've got like a Sparta Prague, a Benfica. Um, I've got did you get a Gryffindor, did you? I went in for a Slytherin. <laughs> okay. I thought, I'll get me a Slytherin. 30 quid, I gave it a miss. <laughs> 30 quid? 30 quid. I Good Lord. There are such quick disclaimer. There are some things under twenty five pounds, but you don't get much for your money. It's very, uh, it's very excessive. It's gone seven times platinum in the UK. It's had more weeks on the album chart than any other band or artist's album in the two thousands. Three times platinum in the UK in the USA. And man, I love to sing along to this album when it's playing. We'll get into it. Love helicopters to start an epic track. Man, what an opener for me. It's solid. It, man, it's an opener. It's, it's like boom. It's good. Yeah. It's not without its issues. Yes. For me, but I was pleasantly surprised going okay. in with 
the mindset that I've got. Yes. I've already bigged the bass player up. It's mm. not a complex bass line, but no. it's a big hook. It's a central yeah, yeah, hook, yeah, yeah. and it works. It, it, it drives it. One thing I'll say about our man Brandon, for me, unremarkable vocalist, I'm, at least at this stage. Yeah, it's... It's, it's like very sing-along It's like a bit faux... Faux theatrical kind of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think with that kind of unremarkable vocalist, I mean, I think we talked about this a bit on the Radiohead episode, whereas it's not the biggest crime. Um, in fact, yeah, technical yeah. vocals are a bit overrated, but you need something else to carry it. You need yeah. something dynamic, either in terms of hooks or sort of like virtuoso instrumentation. Yeah. And I think of every track on the album, this one does the best job of carrying the vocal. Yeah, I think he's got like a, um, you know, like a, you'd recognise his vocals. Well, it wears its, it wears the influence on its sleeve very much yeah. for like 80s to early 90s British guitar-based yeah. music. And there's a vocal in the chorus, there's a bit of an inflection there, and that and the synth reminds me a bit of The Cure when they were doing stuff like The Walk. Yes, the, yeah, yeah. The inflection yeah. reminds me yeah, a bit yeah, of Robert yeah. Smith. So it's it's a decent tribute in, in that respect if that's the intention mm-hmm. um you say about the sing-along aspect and this album is massive on its refrains isn't it yeah it's refrains like right left and center yeah and i've got a problem with the refrain on this one the come on come on come on come on oh really yeah oh, my in one bit it kind of works yeah um tell me what you want to know come on come on come on yeah but they keep going back to it and it doesn't really fit for me it's okay it's like it was an idea on, on the notepad when yeah, they were jamming yeah. it and they just left it in. It doesn't kind of fit logically to other parts. So with that in mind, they've left that in. They didn't play around to replace it with something else. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. might as well be singing Su Su Studio. And <laughs> if you're involuntarily making me think of Phil Collins, you're on a really sticky wicket. <laughs> See, do you know the, the story... The trilogy thing. It's based on a. Uh, it, it's based on like one friend murdering another, isn't it? Isn't it like a, a made-up trilogy of songs, which basically tell the story of a guy killing his girlfriend? It sounds, it sounds about. I can't say I've looked into that too deeply. Okay. But yeah. I thought the subject matter. I kind of had a brief reader on the subject matter of this track, yeah. and it did kind of surprise me a little bit. Not massively, yeah. but they'd write a song about that. So I like that. I think that like come on, come on. Tell me what you want. That's like him and the coppers, isn't it? Having yeah. the, the back and forth kind of thing. Then you whisper in my ear, I know what you're doing here. Come yeah. on, come on, come on. Uh, what is it? There ain't no motive for this crime. Jenny was a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The second part's on this album. The third part of the trilogy, or which I think is actually part two, actually, okay. is on the Sawdust album, which is like the B-side. Is that the eight takes one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah, need yeah. to tell me what the second part is, because that's... It'll be interesting to make that connection. Yeah. One thing I think about this track, and this is a, a criticism I've got of the album as a whole. I wanted more. This track left me wanting more. It's quite short, and a lot of the album is quite short. I thought yeah. this had had more places to go. They're pretty in and out on this yeah. song. I quite like it because it would be in an, an up-tempo number. It kind of sets the scene a little bit for the album. It kind of hits you with... The bass line and the little bits like that you're going to hear, you get like what Brandon's vocals are going to be. You get your keyboard stabs and your synth and all that kind of thing. I love the bass line. Yeah. Like what the synth makes me think of, Mm -hmm. what the kind of comparisons that draws. 
like I say, it's 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 not without its um, little critiques, little things I can pull it up on. But overall, yeah, I think it's a really solid opener. Mm. It's um, if I can find this a little bit. And this, yeah, see, because he's like out of it there, out of the sun, and then you just get this synth of what, what would be a guitar solo in a traditional um, rock man's thing now. And them keyboard stabs, wicked. The bass line, the punk, punk, punk. Nice. I think that's recurring for the album. I think the bass does a lot of the heavy lifting. And I think the synth does a lot of work throughout, yeah. throughout the album as well. Yeah. It's a varying effect. Yeah, definitely. I know I know what you mean. The, the synth does shoulder its share of the load. Definitely. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah, we, we both kind of like that, don't we, I think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The next track, is there anybody in the UK, UK who hasn't heard this track? You know, I can remember hearing this song for the first time on Radio 1, and I thought it was a piss take the first time I heard it. I don't it, it was just that... Going outside for a smoke, and then she's taking them at the... She's touching his chest. I thought it was piss take vocals, honestly, at okay. first. I thought it was a parody the first time I heard it. Um, But, man, I mean, is there a more iconic song of the 2000s than this? It was voted um, by some outfit or other the um, mm. the best song of that decade, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I struggle with that. Yeah, I struggle with that. Yeah, yeah. Th- there are reasons why. Objective appraisal of this song in retrospect is impossible, isn't it? Because it's just so massively ubiquitous. Yes. I mean, since we we talked about Absolute Radio, I mean, since we've been talking, they've played this, and <laughs> you ought to know by Aladdis Morissette <laughs> during the time we've been talking. I'll tell you, one story I want to tell about this song. Mm. Oh, I was at a birthday party. Mm-hmm. It's been within the last 10 years. And there were about eight of us on a table who knew each other, various people. It was a big, someone's big birthday, mm. so, um, so you had various people who were unconnected other than through this person. But yeah, there was yeah, a table yeah. of blokes next to us, about four or five blokes, and they did not interact with anybody all night. And they didn't uh-huh. get up other than to go to the bar, and they only sat and talked to themselves. Yeah. That song came on, Mr. Brightside. <laughs> and during the bridge, when it builds back up, yeah. they're sitting talking. And one guy puts down his point and stands up on this con- the sofa back chair that circles around the table, like all the function rooms in all the great British boozers have got some. He stands up, puts his fingers in his mouth and does that whistle that I can't do. And the entire venue turns and looks at him and okay. everyone dances to this. And he starts the rhythmic clap over his head. About three quarters of the dance floor join in. Yeah. Then he sits back down and goes about his business again. So I don't trust this song because it makes passively aggressive people do really bizarre, spontaneous things. I just don't. I've never trusted it after that. I've got to be honest. I'm like, that was literally the only time that anyone on that table made any attempt to interact with anybody all night. And I was. Just, it's one of those. You think back to it. And it's like, did that actually happen? Because it's that. Low key but bizarre thing. I mean, yeah. If a bloke yeah. 
walks up the high street in a corset with a uh, with a donkey on a lead. You're going to know that you've seen that, but it's one of those like just such minor, minor, but bizarre occurrences that makes you doubt yourself. So I, I, I don't trust it. It's as you say, it's kind of a an everybody's song, isn't it? You know yeah. what I mean? Um, just giving that a bit of a fact on that, it got to number ten on the UK charts. It's been spent 248 weeks overall on the UK charts. It's the twelfth biggest biggest selling single of the twenty tens in the twenty tens of the UK. Yeah. Now this was released in two thousand four, so it's the twelfth biggest selling of the twenty tens. It spent more weeks on the UK top hundred than any other single of all time. I do of get, all time. Yeah. Um, man, I heard it referred to is the love will tell, tear us apart of the indie disco generation. That was the that was the uh, the line that I heard. I get the appeal. I do I do understand the appeal. Subject matter is something I think we could everyone can relate to. If I can say one really positive mm. thing about this song, and again I've I've touched about Brandon being an unremarkable vocalist, the chorus on and what you really need is a decent flow and a big chorus that hooks the masses in. Yeah. And this chorus, I will say, from the jealousy onwards, it's really well crafted. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think the strength of the lyric on the chorus carries the vocal. I think it really does. It's it's really good. The build into that, I've got a little problem with that. And this is my problem with Brandon as a vocalist yeah. as well. The lead into the chorus, the uh, I just can't look, it's killing me. Yeah. It is so lifeless and emotionless you'd have to slow it down and I realise I'm kind of comparing ice cream to gruel here this bit here this bit slow that down a bit and imagine the gravitas of someone like a Chris Cornell singing that line he doesn't sell his anguish to me at all uh, yeah, I, he, he's not selling I, me on I that. I understand what you're saying. He, to me, I, I think that's just part of his vocal delivery. It's that kind of purposeful, like it, as if it tops out. You know what I mean? At a certain point, you know mm. what I mean? Like uh, if you, you know, how this when it, when it pops up to red, you know, it's clipping on the thing. It's as if oh, his vocal works in this kind of range, and unless he's gonna. Hit it for a high one, like there's a couple later on. But yeah, that's I'm glad you've said that because that's very important on yeah. a later track. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. I know which one you're going to say as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So and there was um, numerous people. Obviously, have covered this. Like lots and lots of people. One of them was Mr. Paul Anker with his typical uh, jazz. Well, jazz version, isn't it? Jazzy swing version. Hit it, Paul. Coming out of my cage, I'm doing just fine. I gotta, gotta be down. I'm wanting it all. It started out with a kiss. I think I'm kind of over the whole big band thing. Yeah, Richard Cheese did it into the ground, didn't he? Yeah. But then anything is going to sound fresh. Any any other take of this is going to sound fresh mm. and, and invigorating at the moment just because it's been played that much. Well, yeah. it's, it falls into, regardless of whether it's a good song or not. Uh-huh. And 
at this stage, who can really say that objectively? It falls into omnipotent song. That's yeah, what it is. it's it's there with Seven Nation Army. It's there with Smells Like, like Teen, Teen Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Regardless of whether it's good or not, there is absolutely no need to ever hear it ever again. <laughs> I, I, I say that though. It's not on my um, don't look back in anger, alive, um, enter Sandman, nothing else matters, kind of, I never need to hear it again. It's like a step below that for me. You know what I mean? I could still take I'll it. Go, I'll go with that. Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll second that. But it's, um, <laughs> it's knocking on the door of the Premier League. It's in the playoff places. Uh, track three was another single. Uh, got to number 11. I think this was the third single. No, it wasn't. This was the last single off the album. This was, wasn't was out until a year after the album came out. Small like you mean it. I never really got on with this one, I'll be honest. I'm noticing like he actually does double track his vocals like there's harmonies on him listening to it on headphones I've never done that before mm. yeah um, yeah I, I never really got on with this one as much I think it just trudges along and I never expected to have to defend anything on this album to you but it, <laughs> this one does a lot right for me yeah it, it, it really does it, it's simple but well crafted yeah there's another refrain, and there's a refrain in lieu of the chorus, but it's yeah. fine. It doesn't over-egg the omelette. Uh-huh, it uh-huh. just throws a couple of lines out. I think the production does it a lot of favours. Um, I like the way, because like I say, it's, it's a simple track. It's not paradigm shifting. It's not no. um, it's it's not affirming anyone's religion by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, Christ, yeah. But um, I like how the production gives the guitar the lead in the first verse and the bass the lead in the second yes, I like the way that, they yeah. interchange um, I like the way I do like that when bands do that anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah definitely I like the synth fills in it and I've, the drummer I think it's at the end of the first verse the drummer has a go at a fill and I'm proud of him for trying because <laughs> the drumming on this album is the for the a most part it's really pedestrian uh, it, the drumming's it, massively it, pedestrian it sounds very um Standard drum loops, you know what I mean? Not drum loops, but um, program drums, yeah. like a lot of it does. Yeah, yeah and I think, and I think some of the tracks literally are that, though, aren't they? There's got to be drum machines. It wouldn't surprise me because, the, and there's there's one part coming up quite soon where yeah. it really, really lets a track down okay. majorly. Yeah. One thing that I've talked a bit about the vocals and um, either the lyric or the uh, the instrumentation having to carry it. There's some ropey lyrics on this album in places. And there's <laughs> one quite early on in this that really annoys me. It's the, uh, you'll be a man, he'll help you understand. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, the, you've got uh, down on my knees, begging you please, and throw your hands in the air like you just don't care. Yeah. That's on the second <laughs> tier of just absolute cliche eye-roll lyrics. It's yeah. like, come, come on, lad. Can't disagree with that whatsoever. As I say, I, maybe this might be my least favourite song on the album. Hmm. Possibly. Right. It's, 
You're it's, gonna say it might be my favourite. It? It's in my top three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is actually in my top three. I said I don't know if I said it when we started or uh, if I said to you when we we're discussing doing this one after I listened to it a couple of times. Yeah. I said we're either going to be in exact synchronisation on this album yeah, yeah, or yeah. poles apart. <laughs> but, that's yeah. the fun of it, man. That's the fun. I think this one's okay. On first listen, it kind of passed me by. I think the, this one especially takes that where I think they drew a lot of inspiration on this album, like the British pop, indie, electronic, electro sound, and especially like this one sits so in that wheelhouse, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like you had a kind of, as we said about the Strokes, Franz Ferdinand as well, that was another band who was around at this time. The kind of, I don't know, was why it, did like, I, why was did it I, like indie dance, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why did I give this era a miss again? Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> did, you, did you not like Take Me Out? No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I wish I had something more profound at this point. But... Um, you can tell, like, the year after this was released, uh, the Killers were they were voted Best Group at the World Music Awards. Uh, they got Best New Artist, MTV, uh, the Best International Band in the NME, and uh, Brandon, Brandon got the sexiest... And the best dressed man in the new enemy year end policy. I could see best dressed if I'm going on their Glastonbury headlines set a couple of years ago. He, mm-hmm. he was looking, he was looking sharp. Is that when they had the Pet Shop Boys join them on yeah. stage for a bit of it? Yeah, yeah and Johnny Ball. Yes, Johnny that was Ball. the highlight. Johnny yeah, Ball. I can remember. I, I definitely caught part of that. Anyway, surely the next song is even if people were on board from Brightside, which you know, obviously a lot of people were. Uh, this is kind of the one which turned them into big, big band. Irresistible intro, I'd say, for this one. So surely this is where they kind of took off. This was where I first became aware of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this was where I was aware that they were gaining traction. So yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Right. What are you got to say about that then? Right. Like you say. Solid intro. It's really, really irresistible, that's the only thing yeah. like, it, it gets you. Like the production, the distortion on the vocals gives it uh, sets it apart from everything else. Like, yes. like the build-up. Yes. When the chorus kicks in, that's where my two problems come. <laughs> Are you going to say it's a bit Blair Park life here? Huh? Not really. It's, well, girls who want boys, who love boys, who love girls. Well, you say that. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't have... It's my own hang-up. It's my personal hang-up. And it harks back to what I was saying at the beginning. Yes. Like the people who were crowing about them. And oh, it's it's the lyric that somebody told me you had a boyfriend who looked like a girlfriend. And it was that. <laughs> you know. Oh, it's a 
bloke who looks like a woman. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, what, All what, aboard what the think? banter bus for a pint of calling megalols. <laughs> no. <laughs> what What do you think the the song is about? What are we saying? Are we saying that? The other day, somebody told me that you, and, and who are you? Are you like a bloke or a woman? So you had a boyfriend, yeah? Okay. Who looked like a girlfriend that I had in February of last year. Who's saying it? What, what are we What are we taking from it? Who, oh. Who's making the statement? Is it voyeuristic? Well, that's what I mean. I don't... Yeah. I, what stance is that from? Is it supposed to be ambiguous? It's just... I think it was... I think there's a the, bit of ambiguous, yeah. ambiguity on a few of the tracks on this yeah. album, but... The people who latched onto it and made that interpretation and thought it was hilarious... That was what put me off it. To me, it's always got that, as I said just earlier on, the girls and boys blur yeah. thing. It's just got that yeah. sing-alongy kind of... Yeah. It's not a bad line in of itself. It's just the connotations of those who picked up on it and ran with it, really. Yeah. I, I wish yeah. I had a more eloquent way to put that across, but it really, really turned me off it, and I've tried to come at it with a fresh perspective and to put that to one side, but as soon as I hear that line, it's just nails down a chalkboard. It okay. really is. And what doesn't help, and this is the other thing, um, the drums when the chorus kick in, weak. Yeah, yeah. They need... But the drums at the start, it's like, boom, yeah. boom. It, man, it, there's lots of power going on there. But The drums need... It builds to the chorus really well, mm. and then the drums just let it down. Because, again, I wish I had a different adjective to use with pedestrian. Yeah. It's pedestrian. And those two elements... For me, uh, I, I like the intensity, how it goes up and down throughout the track. I think that yeah. makes it really accessible. Uh-huh. Um, the synths in it are quite effective. And I just think those two elements, right at the start of the chorus, drag down what's a really, really solid pop song. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'm a bit higher on it than you. Yeah. Yeah, but I can I can definitely see the faults. Um, yeah, I, I, I always come back to that blur thing. I think, like, the story goes that Brandon saw Oasis in 2001 at the Hard Rock um, Hotel in Nevada, in Vegas, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been there. Um, and that kind of sealed the deal. So they obviously had a big British kind of... Yeah. Uh, I don't know, in- influence. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. Well, we'll after that one, we'll, we'll take a break. We'll be back for the second half in a minute. But, um, yeah, what are you thinking so far? So far, it's it's pleasantly got a, surprised, or yeah, what yeah. you thought. So far, it's it's got a lot going for it, and it's got a bit going against it. But I was I was on board at this at this point in time, and just see how it progressed. So I think yeah. we've only got one more single single, haven't we? After this, but mm, um, which is the next track? Yeah. Okay. Right. We'll take a break. We'll be back in a minute. Get in touch with the show directly via email at jukeboxpod at gmail.com. 
You can search up Personal Jukebox Podcast on Facebook and find out what's going on over there. You can follow the show on Instagram at JukeboxPod. And leave a rating, review, spread the message, spread the word. Personal Jukebox Podcast. Hey! Part two. Looking at the killers. The spin doctors, man. Thoughts? Huh? You like a bit of spin doctors action? Okay. <laughs> sure, that's kind of that's kind of one of your archetypal um one album wonders, well, one hit possibly. But yeah, but this is the second one, and it's a decent song, man. It's a nice bit of noodling going on. <laughs> So yeah, we're back. We're looking at the Killers' Hot Fuss album. Um, yeah, we never talked about the album art. The actual front of the album—it's a photo from Beijing, China. Okay. Somebody sent me a message the other day, and they were like, "You never talk about the album art." Um, so I made a point of writing that down. It, that's what it is. I don't know. It's not a particularly fantastic album cover for me, anyway. I can see sky blue with their logo on it. I yeah. Can't. Apparently he got the... Um, it's not memorable. No, it, they got that thing from... Um, it, it, it's a, a plagiarised version of the Elvis Vegas sign, yeah, the yeah. killer's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hawks back you to their... You can see that, uh, can't you? Yeah, yeah, hawks back to their roots in uh, in Vegas. You ever been to Vegas? No. Oh, you No. Can't. I'd say you've got to go, but... It was somewhere I always said, oh, I wanted to go. Yeah. Now, at like 43, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to go, but... um. I don't know, part of me would, I think, nowadays would rather go to somewhere, I don't know, where I can just lie around in the sun and not do anything. I've got three kids, man, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, I went to Vegas at 23. <laughs> yeah, oh, 20, yeah. And exactly. I went to Vegas again at 31. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I felt every minute of those eight years older <laughs> when I was back. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. The, it didn't match up. To the memory of what you could get done, just <laughs> just those eight years took their toll, it's, and maybe not the years, just the mileage. But... Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's just endless stuff to do. Yeah. Oh, you could you could live there for a year, never eat in the same place twice. Mm. Yeah, mm. you could you could be there for a month, mm. never be bored, and not gamble. It's it's mad. You know, um, I think everybody likes to do a bit of people watching when they're on holiday as well, and I'd imagine. You can see a lot in people watching in Vegas. Oh, definitely, definitely. It's um, you can't move on the pavements. It's it's, yeah. it's shoulder to shoulder. It's um, cool, man. We'll get back into this. As I say, the killers. Uh, we're on track five. So track five is all these things that I have done. Now, I rate this song super highly. Yeah. I, I, man, I tell you what, they could play this at my bloody funeral. You know what I mean? It's like that kind Don't of thing. Don't say that. It's fantastic. Don't say that because I'm going to rate this in. 
<laughs> oh man, the production's top notch on this. Look at the, listen to the intro. This is the ultimate song sing along there as well. Gonna tear that apart. Huh? <laughs> Dude, if I was in a band, I'd want to cover that song tomorrow. Like someone wrote the line yeah. about these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane and someone made a film around it. Brandon Flowers wrote the line, I've got soul but I'm not a soldier and they wrote a song around it. I don't know, it's an outlier really on the song. It is and that's kind of my problem with it. It's another big refrain. Yeah. Bill Bailey absolutely slaughters it in his live yeah. sets. I think, um, I, it, conversely, I would say it's really good. I've got no problem with it at all. It could be a profound line. It's like it's like a crescendo. Like, a, a throw those curtains wide one day like this a year and see me rise. Well, there's an overrated song. Yes, yeah. yes, definitely. Yeah. Wasn't at the time, but overplayed, overrated. When now. Bob the Builder's sneaking it in his charity single, you know, you've got a bit of a problem going oh, on. that passed me by. But, uh, <laughs> definitely passed me by. But it comes in, the build to it, because the whole song is building to that for me. Everything around it is fine. I would say, I think it's building to the bit after that, but you yeah. Think? Yeah. I kind of get Actually, that. Actually, no, it is still, I've got Solver on, I told you, yeah. But yeah. it's like, over and yeah. done. That bit. Are we there now? Yeah. We're less than three minutes in. Yeah, if we are, yeah. Two and have, a half. If you're going to have something epic that's big and profound, mm-hmm. you've got to give it more build than that in order to pay off. And I've got a couple of examples, things that I'll compare it to. Yeah. Right, first... Okay, the accessible for everyone, we'll go with, uh, we'll go with the Hobbit films, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Lord of the Rings, yeah, they're like, you line the books up together, they're, they're on the length of your forearm. Yeah. Yes, three three-hour films, there's the source material there. There's three three-hour films of The Hobbit based on a, what, 400-page children's book? Yeah. The source material isn't there, so it forces itself to be epic. It's a forced epic, and we love to throw a wrestling reference in. <laughs> we've, we've done a wrestling show now. Yeah. Okay. And I'm the iconoclast of this podcast. Oh, I am. That's how I meant to introduce you. That's how I meant to introduce you. Yeah. <laughs> definitely the iconoclast of this podcast. I mean, you, you, you I talk. thought you'd pop if I said that as well. I was I'm def- literally having a shower earlier. Oh. I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's how I'll introduce oh. you. Well, I've, I've got. You, you, Example, you talk yeah. with Cy about uh, Green Day and Offspring, mm-hmm. and I was like, whew, flip that on its head. Mm-hmm. Oh, Green Day is your gateway over Offspring every time. That's me, you know. I, I, I stand counter to every, everything that's going on here. I, but, I'd agree with that, actually. Yeah. I think 
Yeah, even though I, I probably prefer Offspring to Green Day, and and there's a rizzler between it. You know what I mean? In, in who I prefer more, but I think Green Day probably do it a bit more po-faced mm. than Offspring do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I don't think Green Day didn't need to resort to obnoxious novelty songs. Well, to stay relevant. I think I said at the end, at least Offspring didn't have a Broadway musical based on that. Well, album. there is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's an Exocet missile right in the uh, <laughs> right in the middle of that. But yeah, here's my wrestling analogy. I'm yeah. going to take pelters from for this for anyone I'm talking. Who knows what we're talking about here? But you want to talk about a match that's beloved that really sticks in my craw. Mm. Mania 21, Angle Michaels. Okay, yeah. It's like they're going through a tick list of what makes an epic match. It's not telling. They're not telling the story and that epic classic match evolves from it. It's like, okay, we want the chain wrestling sequence. Oh, I when think did, Angle's a bit like that, though. Yeah. When did Michaels ever chain wrestle with anybody? Mm. Well, Then you've ben. got the brawl through the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got the blood. Then you've got the finisher reversal sequence. Yeah. Then they go to the near falls. You can literally see them ticking off the classic match. Cha- and I think this is what this track does. It's in, got the in not refrain. the same way as like Sean and Taker's first match, where actually it was deserving of it, and they yeah. hit them all. They hit the notes in the right places. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, and then. You've got the refra- like I say the refrain. I've got no problem with it, other than how early in the song it comes. It hasn't really earned that. It's literally halfway, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. hasn't earned that status yet. They take it too far, too many refrains, and then the soul diva singer backing vocal kicks in, and there's just too much cheese on that for me. <laughs> you were right, man. Everything that you've said, it is like, mm, mm, give me more of that, man. <laughs> On that song, honestly, that's like, that's, that's the perfect. Oh, no. It's like you get all them bits in a part and mix them up and no. then that song comes no. out. Well, harking back to one day like this, you listen to the recorded version and they don't milk that refrain, that crescendo. Okay. They could tail it just at the right time. And if you've ever seen them play it live, because the wife's a fan, so I've seen them a couple yeah. of times. And the last time I saw them, I think they're still going on the refrain now. Throw those <laughs> curtains wide. But this does it on the actual recording. It's like, it's slapping you in the face with the fact that this is profound. This is epic. I want to get there on my own. And it doesn't do that. <laughs> Other than that, it's fine. To, to lend credibility to what you've said, um, I think it was, what charity gig was it? Where, where I think Robbie Williams and... Fireworks. Some fireworks going on your end. They were. Where are they coming from? Um, yeah, when... Uh, oh, man. Credibility of the lyrics. Yeah, when Coldplay and Robbie Williams are, like, sort of stealing that little bit and putting it in their live section. At, yeah. What was it, man? Was there a live aid gig or something? There was definitely something around this kind of time. And uh, When did the new Wembley open? Oh, would you think it was an opening of Wembley? Yeah. I can't remember. Because that was another... Um... But I think it's ice, anyway. Mm. <laughs> I think it's ice. That's, that's like, yeah. That's definitely in my top three of the album. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't threaten mine. <laughs> Isn't music wonderful? So the next song, we'll move on to the next one. Is this a song about unrequited gay love? Or is it not? It's in country. 
Honestly, that feedback could nearly be a part of the song, couldn't it? So we can come in on this one a bit early. It takes two minutes to get into it. Yeah, yeah, and I'm interested for your take on this one. Right, like the riff. It's compared to everything else on the album. It's stripped back. Yeah, it's, it, it's nice and raw. It deserves a better song. It, I really wanted to like this more than I did, but I ended the track so frustrated that it didn't go anywhere else. It builds into something, but doesn't really quite hit a peak shortly. Well, it sort of, it, it, it teases that it's going to burst in there. Yeah. But I kind of like how we go back. We go for another run round at it. It does. Yeah. And then it goes a bit higher, and you're just waiting for it to hit this next level. Yeah. And then it fades back out and then goes. Well, it's literally like verse, verse, chorus, end. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, to go with the... Um, sort of ice cream to gruel <laughs> because two songs that just do it absolutely masterfully they're built on something really minimal like the riff here yeah yeah but they and end up back there at the end um spiders by system of a down okay mayonnaise by smashing pumpkins yeah they do that so masterfully and this is obviously it was never going to hit those heights but i expected it to sort of ramp up a bit then go somewhere else then come back down and it's like again it's too short it's this, got... is, this is your ramp up now isn't it yeah and that's like it really now until well that's it it's got so many other places to go yeah yeah it's, I agree with that there's a good minute minute and a half shaved off this song mm. that they could have given it to push it up a couple of notches. Something else. Yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you're saying, yeah. Um, maybe it's a bit of a palate cleanser after the last one, and maybe that was the intention for it to be that minimalist, but I think they're doing what they had, what they built it on, a disservice. You Possibly. I mean, this having like your smaller, snappier songs lends it to more like a pop credibility kind of album, more so than a... Well, that's it. I, th- I just think so, mo- so many things, like the opening track... And this one particularly, yeah, they would have been pushed into the next echelon by taking it that little bit further, by building it to more of a crescendo. Maybe yeah, yeah, coming yeah. back then, there was there was another minute, minute and a half, where each of those songs could have uh, could have grown and come into their own even more so than they do. So, Ooh. yeah, really like the riff on this one. Again, the refrain doesn't do a lot for me. The hey, shut up, hey, shut up. I'm getting. Susu Studio vibes again. <laughs> but yeah. Um, ended this song. A little bit of disappointment that that was it. You wanted and, a bit more. Yeah. And if I can say one more thing about what happens at the end of this song. Yeah. That's the point that this album falls off a fucking cliff. <sighs> See, I've heard this reference loads of times before, but I, I completely disagree. Oh, falls off a cliff at this point. I would, I, you know, I could literally say... We, we stick our clutch down on an old-fashioned gearbox and we move from fourth to fifth. You know what mm. I mean? We're going. We're rocketing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> our, um, yeah. Oh, okay, here's the next track. 
Um, yeah, this is called On Top. Yeah, this is where the synth jumps the shark. Yeah, I get what you mean. So you're not a fan? Yeah, I'm not a fan, no. Um, no? Yeah, it's... It's a sing-along aspect, man. No, no, I'm, I'm not feeling it at all. To... No, it's 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 charmless. <laughs> utterly, utterly charmless. And the bit that gets me... Now, I've criticised them a lot. I've criticised them just now for not taking anything in a bigger or at least a different direction yeah. and they do do that on this album so I'll give them credit for it uh, sorry yeah. on this track yes 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 I yes. will give them credit for it it's 2.45 there's no need to satisfy is it that it's like a, there's a cigarette in, in the mouth, mouth and a, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah which is yeah. which I, I don't get the metaphors there at all but you know I don't get the, no I don't no, get the metaphors no there. no, no it's, it's, it, but it takes a left turn but it just doesn't do it very well. I mean, fair play to them for trying. I'll, I'll say that. They've given it a go. Uh-huh. It's just not very good. I kind of liken it to, I don't know, me saying that to, you know, when you were a kid and you played football, either in PE or your football team, and you had the coach's special award to the one <laughs> kid who was absolutely chronic, but it was like, well done for turning up. Oh, like, you've, like, you've improved yeah, a little you're bit You're the most week. improved player. Yeah, yeah it's like... Um, Two out of every five's an air kick, as opposed to four out of every five now. <laughs> and aside from, and there's a kid I'm th- thinking of here, and you know I don't mean to disparage him because his talents lie elsewhere. He he was really good at other things, oh, yeah. but, you know, and he just wanted to play football with us. But yeah. yeah, got the most improved player one year, and it was yeah, he, he resembled that <laughs> remark absolutely. But um, yeah, it was like anybody would have had the uh, had the ball away from him if it had actually got in. But it was like when the ball came to his feet, it was like a dramatic pause to see what would happen if he made a connection or not. <laughs> the crowd in yeah. took a breath. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it was literally the other twenty-one just to <laughs> what's going to happen. But you know, not 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 to criticise that lad because you know his, his talents lay lay elsewhere and yeah, yeah, and, different and, different but, stuff. Yeah, it's like they gave that a go. Until like going through this, yeah, I, I knew the song was called On Top. Yeah, but you know when like you went from um, probably you know the the time when you actually spent your money on records yeah. and you poured over the the thing and yeah. you looked at it and you read the inlay card and you took it all in. Man, when I'm singing along to that, I was always saying On Time. It, <laughs> yeah, it's On Top. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, oh, I should know that before I'd done you a list of, uh, yeah. of, of, of lyrics on you know, this Because, like, I don't know, unless they're, they're singles and stuff, you possibly don't even know the names of yeah. some songs now. Yeah. But, yeah, man, for me, it's a good, it's a solid, it's a solid filler. The last one we did, you, um, we were talking about Radiohead a bit, and you were talking about anyone mm. can play guitar and how the verse and the chorus sounded like they were from two different songs. Yes. And I'll get that vibe from this, that transition at 2.45, and then they do it again within a minute. And it's Yeah, just they like, do. Yeah, they head it, it back to it. Yeah, yeah. it just it doesn't I think flow. It, I think that ends the song, me. doesn't it? It does, the yeah. Satisfied. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it, it doesn't work for me. Okay, right. So the next track, obviously the, the American listeners, you were no way cool enough to get this song. 
<laughs> got another song. But man, if you're talking about an anthem, a crowd favourite, one that's going to win over the fans, and everyone's going to be with their hands in the air giving it some. This is what this is what you're looking for, isn't it? I'm shocked that an American band can do a song like this. This is, to me, this oh. is very Brit poppy, uh, UK indie kind of stuff. I am simply shocked. <laughs> Bit of Liam there. Fucking chorus, man. Here we go. It's indie rock and roll for me. It's indie rock and roll for me. It's all I need. Man, that literally should be the that should be the national anthem. That should take away God Save the Queen. They should just have that. Where to begin with oh, this? Oh, come on, you can't not like this travesty. song. Travesty. You can't not like Where this to song. begin? Shall I, I start no, with the premise or with the intro? Hey, I, I, can, I can take the lyrics. There's a bit of... Um, mm, there's, oh. there's a bit of saccharineness. There's a bit of... Well, let's start with the intro. That Remember when we did uh, Vitalogy? And yes. you're talking about the um, intro to Tremor. And this bit, this bit. <laughs> Go on, yeah. I'm sure you're winding me up on purpose here. <laughs> Go on. The clunk, 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 clunk of the intro. Well, yes. You criticised Tremor Christ on, um, on yeah, Vitality yeah. for that. If that is Ricky Morton, this is Robert Gibson. Oh, no, Oh, my man. God. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, the premise, it's an ode to a genre, isn't it? And it just seems a bit of a... It, indie is not a genre that is really steeped in identity. I mean, it's a tacky thing to do anyway. It's like Man of War with the, uh, you know, heavy metal will never die. Oh, no. What, like, no, um, heavy... What was that? Uh, what was the thing? Heavy metal. Oh. Was it Gwar? Gwar. Yeah, was it Gwar? No, Gwar are talking cheek, aren't they? Yeah, Gwar, I know. Gwar, yeah, Gwar yeah. And that's the thing with this. I'm not sure. Oh, well, either way, I don't think it really matters. The first but this verse. Is, but it's glamorous in the rock and roll. Oh, the first verse. The vocal to instrumental is all over the place. And I then when it gets. I like that. When, oh, when it gets to the first chorus. Okay. I mean, the it's indie rock and roll for me. We've talked yeah. about his range and maxing out. Now, you talk about your man from. Uh, what's the band? My Chemical Romance. And yes. that, I'm not... I apologise for singing. I'm not yeah. okay. I'm not yeah. going to sing it. Because, yeah. See, that's a banger as well. But it's... well <laughs> I mean, that is so whiny. Now, this, it's indie rock and roll for me. That yeah. would be whiny to the same extent if Brandon had the range. <laughs> he hasn't. And you know when you have that moment of inner monologue where you get about a 30-second snippet in a split second? Well, as he's trying to whine it's indie rock and roll for me i'm listening to this for the first time and i'm thinking this could only get more ham-fisted 
if he rhymes this with it's all I need and then he goes and does it and at this point I pissed myself (laughs) I nearly caused a three car pile up it was hilarious but could you not be like I've got my ice cream dessert here either somebody's going to put shitty sprinkles on or something that's going to make it really chewy or there's just going to be like caramel sauce on top of it and we're going to have a good day and they drop the caramel sauce on it and it's like yes here we go oh it's wrong it's wrong (laughs) it's the only way I could have made it more ham-fisted and they did it other than that do you think Bohemian there's a bit of tongue in cheek kind of well, do you think I kind of thought that but because I then, think there's a bit of a knowing stuff on a, if you like their lyrics wires you touched upon it yeah it's here on the British album it's not on the American album so this to me is strategically put here yeah to say to, to say something to a British audience and this is this is but if, the country from which the artists they wear their influences on their sleeve. Yeah. It's just I don't know. I could be getting getting them completely wrong here, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it just strikes me as cynical. You, you've got to hate the Bohemian Rhapsody build up and burst into the last bit, and then it winds <laughs> down at about three minutes fifteen, and you think that's it, and then it goes another minute. Talk about outstaying your welcome. I mean, this gets that extra minute. And Andy, you're a stop. This is it. This is the Bohemian Rhapsody. The Queen. Oh. I hate Queen. But it... It's lovely. It's got that. It reaches the logical closure point. It goes another minute. Andy, you're a star. Didn't get that. Dude, this is... This is, like, brilliant. (laughs) It's brilliant. And, and like... Oh, here it comes. It's indie rock and roll. Go on, Brandon, sing it. Sing it, Brandon. It's indie rock and roll for me. Of artists who aren't novelty, Mm -hmm. for want of a better phrase. This is one of the worst atrocities ever (laughs) committed. To record, how did this get from writing to demo to recording to your A&R man to release without someone saying, lads, no. See, I don't know. How have they got away with this? It's a massive crowd-pleasing, anthemic sing-along for the masses and stuff. No crowd I want to be within a country mile of. This is the one thing, yeah. I, I would definitely say... Like we said about the bright side, Mr. Brightside thing, yeah, where it might be your people who you wouldn't particularly want to be associated or lumped in with. Yeah, it probably gets a bit of But they ain't cutting track eight deep cuts off Hot Fuss. Them listening to the singles and that's it. This is for the fans, man. This is for the people. This is for the nation. This is for the country. This is for the world. Everything that's wrong <laughs> with everything, not just music. Oh, everything that's wrong with everything. <laughs> that's what? one of the worst things I've ever heard. Really? What were you thinking, boys? Oh, man. 
What were you thinking? See, it's that's good. I'm disappointed, honestly. Do you prefer the US track? I never listened to the US track. Okay. I've got to be honest. So, so US. Uh, uh, without hearing it, I will say an affirmative, emphatic yes. Okay, it's I. I heard this. Tra- I didn't realise. As I say, I when I listened to this album, we got glamorous indie rock and roll. So that was what it was. Change your mind was on Sawdust. There, like B sides, rarities, live tracks, covers, album. Um, it's a bit, I don't know, a bit Strokesy, possibly. Well, nah, a bit cleaner than Strokesy. This is. It's already better. You'll like it because it's got that kind of lead thing from uh, Smile Like You Mean It. Now. We were shortchanged. You were? We were shortchanged. No way. Oh, I don't see the reason in doing it. They could have just put both of them on, really. What are we talking? It's um, Is it an 11-track album, anyway? It's a short album. It's yeah. a really short album. Yeah, I think, yeah, is it something like that. So, you know, you could have put both tracks on anyway, but, um, yeah. Man, have you have you heard the Sawdust album? I haven't. This this album is all I've heard from The Killers. Like I say, my wife's a fan. You're not listening to Sam's Down, the album, after this? She prefers this. Yeah. Uh, sorry, she prefers Samstown to this yeah. album. Samstown's good, I like that, yeah. But Sawdust, if she likes Samstown, yeah, get her that. Literally, Sawdust is in my top five albums ever. Okay. Yeah, and it's a B-sides, rarities, covers, yeah. everything yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'll hop back to the pumpkins. But, it has uh, glamorous indie rock and roll on it as well, because it was okay. both territories yeah. and give it to the Yanks. Yeah. Harking back to, I'll, I'll get like in a, a B-sides um Odds and Sods album to that extent because uh, Pisces Iscariot by the Pumpkins. I've never listened to it, you know, oh, I'm aware of it. It but, yeah. annihilates 90% of the studio albums out there. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was we doing? We've just finished one of the worst yeah. tracks ever <laughs> committed to a straight-faced <laughs> album. <laughs> okay, so this is track nine, yet yeah, it is an 11-track album. Believe me, Natalie... Basically, to me, this is like four minutes of build-up. Now, what is it? You might be able to answer this. Um, Jenny was a friend of mine. Andy, you're a star. Believe me, Natalie. Is this kind of a tribute to the Smiths with William? It was really nothing. What's with all the names going on there? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, um, oh, God, what's the Queens of a Stone Age album where it's like the something song, the something song, the... Oh, Songs for the Death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah you know yeah. what I mean? It's like that kind of thing. Um... Yeah, I don't know. There's lots of names. Maybe you're hoping to pick up extra funds or something yeah, from names. I'm, I'm thinking it's a, it's a reference to the Smiths. Love the keyboards in this one. When I was a kid and in my teens, we used to go up the M6 a lot. <laughs> Just full holes. Well, we'd go places. We'd yeah. mainly be going up to Scotland. Yeah. Um, and I remember we'd be in the middle lane or the inside lane. 
and a car would absolutely shoot past us like nobody's business. Yeah. And my dad used to say, he used to love these cars going ridiculous speeds. And I asked him one time, I said, doesn't that bother you? And he said, if there's a cop car sat up here, because he was speeding, yeah. it's not me they're stopping. Yeah. And I'll get that vibe from this song. Second, third time listening to it, the first couple of times, it gets away with a lot because it's like following a shooting with a stabbing. Yeah. If that last song's a shooting, this yeah. is a stabbing. <laughs> this is all over the place. I like it's it so again. unfocused. Oh, man. I like it. I think it just, it's got that, just the, the groove that's running through. Yeah, that basically held together by the synths and the strings and stuff. Yeah, well, the synthy strings. I just think it shifts around so much and it doesn't give anything enough time to develop and enough time to grow. I think it's just such a hodgepodge mishmash of ideas. It jumps around all over the place. It's yeah, patchwork. it's a bit unfocused, I give that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, and there's no real hook in there. There's no real vocal hook. There's no, no there's not. instrumentation part that you're waiting to come back around, like we no. talked around. If... Andy, you're a star, had built into something else and then come back to that riff. You're waiting for it to break back down to that riff and that would you would have had a fantastic track there. There's nothing in this patchwork of different bits. See, we've just jumped from one bit to another there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of sound, kind of forced together. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I get what you mean. Nothing particularly massively annoys me. Yeah. I'm I just nothing... This is the definition of album filler. Yeah, there's there's nothing to invest in here. I don't know. I mean, it kind of, to me, like it sort of knits the things together. Yeah, it's just like them little bits of the sinews that are holding the the, the other tracks yeah. together. Um, it's got ADHD. This track. It really <laughs> has. Oh, it really has. Yeah. I mean, we're building up to like something in about thirty seconds time, and then there's only about a minute. Oh, there's some horns kicking at some point, aren't there? Yeah. This is like kind of the pinnacle of the track. Yeah, it's it's it ain't the best track. See, I've criticised Jenny and Andy <clears throat> for not going to that extra place that mm-hmm. would have taken them up that echelon, up that tier. And maybe this track and on top, maybe illustrate why they don't do that. Because when they do try to do it, they're not very good at it. Well, going along the lines of what they do try to do, the last gig they did was um, in Abu Dhabi. Uh, December the 1st, 2019. They played five tracks off this album. Can you guess what those five tracks were? It's got to be the first five. Jenny was a friend of mine. Somebody told me, smile like you mean it, all these things I've done, and Mr. Brightside. Yeah. 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 And as well, like Brightside, somebody told me, all these things, smile like you mean it, are the top four songs that they've played the most times as well. Yeah, Yeah. I hark back to, I talked at the beginning about uh, Tragic Kingdom, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. I bought that as a 15, probably, year old on the strength of the singles. Yeah. Only to find that the singles were, by far and away, the only redeeming features of the album, really. Yeah. 
I, I think me and me and Neil twitched a bit on No Doubt. I could have done a, 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 I don't know. Yeah, maybe we could do an episode on No Doubt. More like the Offspring episode where you sort of bring everything in, yeah. as opposed to doing just an album. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. We're gonna. We you were right. We're either gonna be miles apart yeah. or right together on this. I'm interested to see where the next one goes. Okay, so the next one is Midnight Show. Now this is the other part of that. With Jenny was a friend of mine trilogy okay. thing. I get that. Okay, so you've got. Is, um, it, is it maybe a uh, a forerunner to it chronologically? Are, well, no. You are, well. You have leave the bourbon on the shelf, which is the the first one, uh, which is off the Sawdust album. Um, dun, 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 which goes a little bit like this. I'll just play a little bit of that. You'll hate this if you if you hated um, glamorous in your rock and roll. This is like one of my favourite ultimate sing-along songs. You know, like in the uh, the mid-2000s when they were putting out sing-along classics for like women when they were riding in their cars and stuff like that, and yeah. they'd have shit like... Um, God, I don't know. What would be a sing-along classic? I don't know, but this is for me. <laughs> don't stop believing. Yeah, like, don't stop believing. <laughs> But yeah, search that out, man. People, go and listen to that album. It's great. But we'll go for this one. Midnight Show. This is part two of the trilogy. Um, and then Jenny Was a Friend of Mine is the third part of it. I know what you want. I'm going to take it to a midnight show tonight. If you can keep a secret. Okay. Fairly solid. Yeah, good song. Yeah. 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 You know. It's straightforward. It's I like the, I like the yeah. guitar yeah. riff kind of thing. My only real criticism is a couple of the lyrics are a little bit ropey, but. Real short in... skirt, I want to look up. That look is up, exactly look the up, one. Look up, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> not enough for me to get excited about, but uh, a vibe I got from it was a bit like the riff, the vocals, and the tempo. Remind me a bit of early Arctic Monkeys, but maybe minus the cheeky Northern Charm. I think Arctic Monkeys are up there with one of the most overrated bands, like kind of ever. Yeah. Arctic Monkeys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd, I've never really got into the Arctic Monkeys. Bet you look good on the dance floor, good song. But. That first album's really good. I don't know. I, I, I've said in a previous podcast, I do listen to um, the Oasis podcast. Yeah, yeah, and the guy on there, he basically, uh, he had an interview with, is it Ben Burrell off Virgin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not Virgin, off Absolute. Off Absolute, absolute yeah. And he did a documentary, and it was like, uh, whatever happened to my rock and roll? Yeah. And he was basically saying about the, you know, there ain't really no bands, is there? No. 
Like no rock and roll. There's nothing in vogue. Didn't uh, Adam Levine say that the other week? There's no bands anymore. <laughs> well, you know. And they were both, both saying, oh, there hasn't been a band that's come along since the Arctic Monkeys who've done this. And I know, just, to me, there ain't been bands since like the Strokes and the Killers were kind of before the Arctic Monkeys, yeah? I struggle with this time. Like I say, my head was out of the game. I struggle with this timeline. Is that right? I couldn't tell or you. Or was just this. the Arctic Monkeys the British like kind of answer to the Strokes and the Killers? Could and have been. Could have been. I want to say the Arctic Monkeys were a little bit later, but I could be wrong. Yeah. I could have that completely the wrong way around. I'm trying to think. I got yeah. Well, yeah, I think so. I think I got married about 2005 or 2006. 2006, and Arctic Monkeys had just hit around there. Okay. That year. So yeah, they were a little bit after that. Yeah. Yeah. But for me, the Killers. I think they ooze a little bit of coolness, man. I think it's an effortlessly cool stuff, as opposed to the British equivalent of your Franz Ferdinand or bands like The Bravery, or you know yeah, what I mean, the, the shite that was coming along then. Yeah, it's it, it it's a man you've, it's a veneer, isn't it, with them? Yeah, when I think with the Killers, it, now I think oh maybe they weren't like that because nothing since this is like this kind of UK electro indie eighties yeah. kind of vibe to it yeah it's derivative some parts of it they do they do well mm. there's a lot i'm kind of spoiling my conclusion here but there's a lot of competence on this album mm. there's a lot of mm. real competence mm. so i don't want to disparage it too much and like like i say this track it is fairly solid it's it's mainly inoffensive and amongst what's around it it stands out like your door getting banged by the people's postcode lottery <laughs> it's <laughs> Nice one, I like that. <laughs> um, they're the only international acts to have six UK number one albums consecutively, ever. Okay, the mm. only international act. Oh, you could do a list of yeah. 100 more deserving acts. No, you couldn't. Oh, oh well. No, you couldn't do 100. I challenge you now. When you go away from here tonight, <laughs> yeah, I challenge you over the next two weeks to put together 100, 100 mm. bands. Well, I'll put up the next one we do with those 100. <laughs> oh, no okay. one will listen beyond about number 12. <laughs> okay, we'll go for the, uh, the last, the closer on the album. I think radio would have killed for this. Tell you what, on this though, the low vocal harmony in the headphones, you'll probably hear it a lot better as well. can see you're winding up for this one. <laughs> I see what they were going for. Uh-huh. Yeah. You and I have talked in the past about liking a mellow closer. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, they're going for that ambient vibe. The production does it no favours whatsoever. It's so heavy-handed. The synth, and this, 
the vo- oh. Listen to the low vocal on this bit. It all just needs to be a lot more subtle to work. It could be a bit more... Um, given the authentic varnish a little bit more, yeah, I know what you mean. I like that, how yeah. they're going for the reverb, but the production is so heavy-handed, it's just a dirge. You know, I always thought that, and, and uh, this was always my least favourite track on the album, yeah, but I think over the time, it's kind of grown on me with listening to it, even though I do think, in a minute, it goes a bit, don't you look at my girlfriend, Super Trump. When it um, when it when it changes in a bit, you know. Don't you look at my girlfriend? She's the only one I've got. Now, see, this is the only place this track really goes. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a. It's a right turn into into a load of nothingness, really. And I think. Again, I'm kind of a noob when it comes to this album. I've, I've listened to it a few times for all the purposes of this podcast. And about this time when I realised that how long are these tracks left, that it wasn't going anywhere else. To be honest, I was just waiting for it to be over. Yeah. I, I definitely always used to skip this one. It's yeah. awful. I, it's now, awful. Now I think it's good, yeah. Mm. But honestly, it was... Um, I, I very much had your kind of vibe on it for the first like year, two, three, four years of you know having this album in my possession. <laughs> there's, people, there's probably people around going, yeah, fucking shit. <laughs> Can you sum up what you're watching at the moment? I'm watching? Yeah, what you're watching on TV in a minute. Can you do it? Oh. Children's television. <laughs> I have a three-year-old, uh, Ben and Holly. You not watch any TV, any Netflix, any programmes? No. no. Uh, um, recommendations. Superstore, if you want a comedy. Okay. No, nice 21-minute episodes. Okay. You know, US yeah. comedy. Oh, I'll tell you what I did. Uh, it was sat there for eight, probably years. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I did really get into a while. I rinsed them all a while back. Was uh, Community? Community, yeah, that's something I meant to watch actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Worth a go. Yes, I, that is something you've completely. Oh, I completely forgotten about that. Yeah? yeah, so you've just like peaked something yeah. there. Didn't seem important. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, I think I, I think I was going to watch that, and I had something else. Another one, just completely offhand and, and rather mainstream, but good. Santa Clarita Diet, if you're a Drew Barrymore fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. perfectly acceptable. Right. You know, you know, having a kid, you don't have like a lot of time sometimes no. to sit there. And, no. So them just little 20 minute episodes. Yeah, sound. yeah, definitely. I mean, go, going back to Ben and Holly, I'm, I'm really into the, <laughs> uh, the dynamic between Nanny Plum and the wise old elf. That's where it's at for me. <laughs> I think they were shooting a bit for a Pink Floyd, yeah, um, Radioheady kind of thing. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah and missed yeah. the mark by yeah, I know some distance. Mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, not not a fan of that final track at all. Um, your former least favourite 
my current second least favourite. Okay. So so what are you taking as your, your favourites off the album? Okay. You like? Smile like you mean it. Smile like you mean it. Yeah. Jenny was a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go somebody told me, despite okay. its shortcomings. So, and as we said, you, like at the time... Nah, weren't yeah. interested. No. Not having none of it. No. Part of it was where I was myself. Yeah. Part of it was my perception of where it hit. Yeah. In terms of fan base in the UK. Yes. It was probably a bit pompous yeah. on my part, I suppose, yeah. in a way. What's the word I'm looking yeah. for? Um, Pseudo elitist. Yeah. Just the kind of stuff once you hit 30 you don't really care about. <laughs> Yeah, and I know. You're more open to giving anything more of a fair shake, so, which I like to think I've done with this. Do, yeah, this no, project. I think I think you've given a constructive criticism, definitely. Yeah, of it. Um, if you were gonna brand it with a letter, okay, be that having a, a plus or a minus on the end of okay. it, or you were just gonna give it a letter, yeah, lay it down. Okay, not without its flaws, but there's a half decent, yeah. it's a fairly solid EP in there. Yeah, um, there's a lot of competence running through it, so I don't want to be too disparaging. Mm-hmm. If this was like a debut EP, and you took the first, you took every track up to Andy, you're a star, and add Midnight Show. Okay. Dropped your least two favourites. Yeah. Whatever they may be. Um, if you heard that, you think with some seasoning, this lot could be really good. Uh-huh. As an album overall, like I say, after Andy, you're a star, it falls off a cliff. Uh-huh. Before that, it hasn't. It's got its flaws. Any album with glamorous indie rock and roll it deserves and to be up there. Everything will be all right on it. Struggles to get a D. It's a D minus. Good lord, that's absolutely. For me, it's a straight A. We're there. It's, it's there. It's a straight A. <laughs> Ignore everything that Boyd said. Yeah, glamorous indie rock and roll is a stone cold classic. It's phenomenal. You've got your sing along, Mr. Brightside, and like all these things that I've done. This, I imagine the masses ain't going to be into you, and you're a star, or you, as we said, midnight show, all that kind of stuff. They are the sinews, as I said, that hold around the muscles of the album. It's up there, man. It's grade A. It's like one of the best albums that was ever released in the 2000s. It's Tragic Kingdom on steroids. <laughs> this is the joy of it, isn't it? it this it is, is the absolute joy of music, man. To, um, I mean, some stuff we're like completely yeah, on the money we're, we're on. Yeah, we're exactly. Yeah, one of the ones I'll throw out to you in a minute is like Smashing Pumpkin, Siamese Dream to come back and do, or Pulp Different Class. Okay. Or so, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about those in a bit, but. Yeah, that just shows the the difference in it, doesn't it? It does. But um It does. I have I had an idea, um mm. as I was preparing for this, of one that uh that you and I might be opposite directions on. Yes, it's a yes, bit yes, mainstreamy yes. as well. Okay. Which would be um August and everything after Counting Crows. Okay. I'm not massively okay with Counting Crows. There's a there's a podcast I do listen to and they are like super Counting Crows fans. Yeah. Um is is that the one that's got Mr. Jones on? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah obviously, yeah. yeah. Mr. Jones, and what's the other um, big song? Um, there's a f- there's round here, perfect blue buildings. That was it. Yeah, yeah, round mm. here. Um, yeah, we could touch on that actually. Yeah. That would, I like that those two. You've 
come up with. Yeah, there's, yeah. Th- th- there's a lot to be done around those. There's definitely. a couple. There's a couple I did like a big list, but we'll look at that off um, off, off camera, so to speak. Yeah, um, yes, right. Sounds a pound. Go and listen to the album if you like it. If you don't, don't. You know what I mean. Um, you can either be with me. You can either be with Boyd on the on the sad bus where they don't like it and everyone's like not liking it, or be with me on the happy bus and we're having a good time and we're gonna get there first. Don't do it to yourselves. <laughs> right, have you got a song to play out with? Yeah, I suppose so. Go on, let's, hit me. let's 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 jump on the um on the glamorous indie rock and roll. Okay. Similarity. Let's let's go with a song with a similar title, just because it. I kept calling it glorious indie. Indie rock and roll. So let's go with a much better song. It's called Glorious Little Pop Song by Skunk and Nancy. Oh, okay. Uh, glorious Little Pop Song. Hang on. Just because I was getting the glorious and the glamorous mixed up. Got it. All I'm thinking is I want Brandon Flowers back. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is the '96 album, isn't it? Yeah. This album gets off to a serious false start. Oh, because it feels good. <laughs> right, nice one, Boyd. Thank you very much. Groovy. Nice See you one. again really soon. I'm absolutely busting for a piece now. Right, guys, enjoy glorious pop song. We'll be back soon. In the rock and roll for me. Oh, 